watch movie-based or video games. Think to yourself, this is kind of strange. Mario is British. Luigi's Latino. Cuba's played by a goddamn weirdo. Well, that's video games and movie. Video games and movie. Video games and movie. Hello again, and welcome to yet another edition of Video Games the Movie, the podcast where we talk about movies based on or related to video games. This week, we have with me, as always, co-host James Milholland. Hey, everyone. And special guest Anderson from uh, Discord forums and, well, everywhere, really. What's going on, guys? Yeah, and Anderson, you contacted me through Discord. It's been, gosh, months ago now, and you said that you really enjoyed this show called Captain S, and I said, well, if it's really that good and it's based on video games, let's do a show on it, and here we are doing that show. Um, now, were you, now I know James, I think you were, but were you at all familiar with Captain N, Anderson? Uh, I've heard of it, but it was kind of before my time. Gotcha, gotcha. So I've never seen it. Right. For the listeners, Anderson is quite a bit younger than James and I. I'm uh, <clears throat> 30-something. And so is James. And I think, Anderson, you're, what, like 25, 26? Yeah, I'm 26. Yeah. So Anderson, when he was born, Captain N, not in existence. For our older listeners, you'll remember this was basically another Nintendo cartoon uh, slash commercial where they were trying to shill Nintendo products and there was this kid named Kevin that got sucked into his TV to go to video land to battle the forces of evil in all the various Nintendo games. And Captain S is much along those same lines, it, except instead of Nintendo, we have Sega and he's kind of the savior of the Sega Genesis. But unlike in Captain N where he's fighting against villains within the games themselves, the villain in this series is Nintendo. <laughs> In fact, I think his name is like Nigel Edmund uh, Sigmaris or something. I don't remember. But, and call he, him Ness. So, yeah. Yeah, they call him Ness, and he's a real shit. And uh, <laughs> uh, Anderson, where was it you first found this? Do you remember it all? or? Uh, you know, I don't remember. Uh, uh, I think it came out in around 2007. Mm -hmm. and that was around the time, you know, AVGM was getting really popular. Sure. And I think it was just over in the related video section on YouTube. Right, right. And that's where I found it. Well, I know that he, he mentions in one of the videos I watched, uh, full disclosure, I only got through episode, I think, seven. James watched the first, I, I believe, five. You know, James and I, uh, time is a precious commodity. We have small children, especially James right now with David. He's uh, barely, what, a month and a half old at this point, James? <laughs> Five weeks. Yeah, yeah, geez. So, yeah, your, your hands are tied. It, it, it's amazing we're even getting James to do anything for us on the show, and thank you for that, James, uh, really, mm -hmm. truly. Um, but, yeah, uh, it, this show is, to me, Anderson, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be honest. Uh, when I popped it on, I, I, I wanted to wait to the last minute to watch it because I wanted to be fresh in my memory before we recorded because we've ran into issues before where I could like kind of half remember things and it kind of affected the show, I felt. So I was like, oh, okay, I'll watch it right before. And I started this last night, and um, almost immediately I was like, oh, fuck Anderson because the quality on this... <laughs> <laughs> the quality on this shit is... Uh, it's not great. It, immediately, I was like, okay, this was filmed with, like, an old Nokia phone. Um, well, uh, let me ask you this. Uh, sure. Did you watch it on YouTube? I did, I did. 
Okay, well, if you watch it on their actual site, the quality is a lot better for some reason. Oh, okay. It must be the, the grab was really better. So I'll, I'll keep that in mind when I watch the rest of them. Because, yeah, they do have a website that's still in existence. It's actually really cool. It's kind of, it reminds me very much of, like, the old uh, 90s style, like, GeoCities type of uh, web pages and stuff. Very cheesily built I, I really appreciate the nostalgia factor there and everything very cool and yeah when when i watched it on youtube i almost immediately i was like okay this this is so bad but i gave it a chance and within a few minutes i started enjoying it and then in the very first episode he gets sucked into altered beast and they superimpose the main character who's uh captain s who i can't remember his real name i think it's chad belmont right yeah chad belmont <laughs> which Okay, sure. I mean, there was one uh, Sega Genesis game that featured um, uh, a Belmont character, so why not? And uh, yeah, he he buys a uh, a bad, a shitty-looking copy of a Genesis game from uh, of Street Fender when he was supposed to spend his money, which I think he had $4.73 total, and he was supposed to spend it on donuts because he's a high school kid and his two best friends were expecting to bring some donuts to it or whatever. And instead he buys this Genesis cart, brings it home, pops it in, and after blowing in the cartridge, he gets sucked into the video game world where he's informed by a giant blue head that he is the savior of Genesis land, and he's given three magical items. And what are those items? Uh, he gets the zapper, or it's not the zapper, it's the gun. Yeah. Uh, he gets the mouse, and I think the other item is just the belt. Yeah, the controller. And and the funny one to me is is got to be the mouse because you know both the Nintendo and the and the Genesis had mouse mouse features, but in Captain N. He's given the the belt that's made out of the controller, and it enables him to do things like move super fast, pause time, all all this kind of stuff, jump extra high, all that kind of stuff, and then the zapper as well. And Captain S also has these things, but then he's given also an additional weapon in the mouse, which, uh, to my knowledge, I, I like I said, I only watched through episode seven or so, but he only ever uses it one time uh, when his zapper runs out of power, and he uses it kind of like a whip against some zombies and stuff. And, oh yeah, and he cracks the uh, the Castlevania line too. Oh yeah, I, I didn't catch that one. What was the line? Well, he uh, he she's just walking down the hallway, and a monster pops out. He, and he reaches for his gun. He tries to shoot. He doesn't fire. So he pulls off the mouse, and he goes, "Die, monster!" He hits him, and then it zooms into his face, and he's like, "You don't belong in this world." <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah, there's a lot of hidden little uh, snippets. Like I was saying pre-show, there's an episode in which. Um, he kind of loses all of his power. I, I believe it's the one after we were just talking about here. And uh, in order to gain it back, he has to train. And there's like a montage where he's wearing a, a pink jersey running through um, uh, like New York City where this is actually filmed. And um, being chased by a guy on a bike, uh, Lunk or something is the character's name. And all these guys are actually just like friends in real life. I looked them up. They're all still friends. A lot of them work in like theater groups and such. Uh, in New York, uh, none of them are particularly famous, uh, except for this show. This is kind of their one claim to fame. Um, the main character is 
Chad Belmont, and basically the show revolves around him. There is the aforementioned NES character, which is the bad guy. Apparently, they were best friends when they were children, and then when the Genesis came out, uh, Chad Belmont, our hero, kind of decided to go that route, and the other kid stayed true to his roots with the NES. And he also has two best friends in the way of Becky, who is an Asian chick that's secretly in love with Chad, and then Lunk, who is kind of your jock lovable big guy kind of you know not too smart but a good dude kind of thing solid bro and yeah yeah he's the big muscle of the group um throughout the show he jumps into different games and for me being the uh the video game collector slash enthusiast that i am this was like by far the most favorite thing for the show for me and i think probably james as well um for me, the the game that I was like, oh my gosh, cool, it was the episode in which he went into Subterraria, which is a game for the Genesis that is just beautiful. Um, a little hard to play, but really cool looking. Uh, I don't know, uh, Like I did mention Altered Beast. What was your favorite game, James? Oh gosh, probably the Streets of Rage. Oh yeah. Um, that was five actual episodes, and that was episode three or four. Uh-huh. Um, that was probably my favorite. That was a really funny scene, too, because he ends up getting his ass handed to him. And his friend Becky has to jump in the game with him. And at one point, he picks up a bottle and he said something that made me laugh out loud. And I can't remember the line now, but it it was it was actually funny. There's a lot of actual funny scenes in this. And and we were talking. I don't remember if it was on show or or or, uh, before show, but they do at the end of each episode, at least on YouTube, show you these little blooper reels and stuff. And there was some pretty funny stuff there. They got in a. There's one episode where there's there's this kid that's sad because he can't play his Sega Nomad because uh, Captain S has drained his power and Video Land is dead or whatever. And um, in the blooper reel, he gets into it with this little fat kid, uh, or him and Lunk, the, the guys that play the characters, get into it with this little fat kid who apparently his name is Derek. They they do you, your, uh, your mama jokes back and forth, very 90s, you know, and the kid, like, he's trying to come up with them off the cuff and he's not all that uh, good at it. It came, off yeah. as, it came off as like really extra funny to me because his last one, he's like, yeah, well, your mama is so fat that when I went to her house, I thought she was the refrigerator and I tried to open her door or something like that. And they're like, uh, I don't know about that one, kid. And, you know, and it was just like the awkwardness of this kid, like failing so badly. That made me laugh out loud. But there's a lot of great humor throughout the show. And you can really see the uh, the camaraderie and the love that all the characters have and uh, there's all kinds of different uh, throwbacks if you will to various games and cliches in one episode uh, he's having a dream and uh, given like a what would you call it a premonition about the 32x and he tries to grab it but it eludes his grasp and I thought that was alluding alluding to a future episode I'm sure um, you did mention your favorite episode was the Christmas episode which unfortunately I didn't get to see why don't you fill us in a little bit about that episode uh, yeah the well let me ask you James did you get to watch the uh, Christmas special is that the one that uh, he does with the angry video game nerd yeah that's the one I think I have seen it but I don't remember it at all okay well, I've seen this guy before, uh, I think when I was watching an Angry Video Game Nerd episode, this one, uh, many years ago, and that's why it clicked in when I saw this guy. I was like, oh, yeah, I know vaguely okay. who this is. Cool. Yeah, well, I don't know where it takes place, like in the, in between which episode, I think it kind of just stands on its own, but 
pretty much Santa gets kidnapped by the game genie and Captain S has to go save him. And AVGN, he's or the nerd, he's kind of sucked into the game as well. I don't remember exactly how, but he has to help Captain S make it through a game that he's never played before. So Captain S is doing all the, you know, using his powers to defeat enemies and the nerd is just telling him how to do it. And it's kind of funny because, you know, the nerd loves to swear and stuff. Mm-hmm. But in this show, it's they don't swear at all, right except now. for making the theme song. And so uh, instead of saying, you know, like what he normally would say, he has to say stuff like, well, what a bucket load of crud and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think it's uh, at the end of the episode, he does slip up and he drops the F-bomb. And uh, Santa's like, oh, you're a naughty boy. And he sends him home with a bag of coal. I mean, rocks that burn, that's pretty badass. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, that sounds cool. I'll definitely have to check that out. I, I love the AGVN. I mean, he's he's pretty much what got all of us into this kind of stuff in one way or another, whether you're even aware of it, because, you know, if it wasn't for his popularity, I don't think the boom of video game collecting would have happened. You know, I was already collecting, but the popularity of this thing enables us to have an audience when we do podcasts about the subject and so on and so forth. And, and I don't think it would have got there if it weren't for pioneers like him and Pat, the NES punk and some of the other big guys. So yeah, I'll definitely check that out. And these guys were right in that era too, right in 2007. And I, mm-hmm. and their show was really great. And kind of, I wonder what it was that happened. I, I didn't do any research as to why there wasn't a second season. Uh, if you guys know anything about that, that'd be greatly appreciated, but uh, it was a good show. It's, production was pretty good for what it was i mean it was obviously a homemade type of thing but they actually had you know sound engineers and people able to put his imagery into the games and so on and so forth and for the era it looked pretty good and you telling me that the uh, quality is much better when you watch it off their site as opposed to youtube that's definitely something that i'll have to do because yeah this looked like it was filmed like i said with like an old 90s cell phone or something It, it looked pretty bad it was really grainy and uh especially some of the up close scenes with at first with like the big blue head and stuff and yeah uh, that was that was hard yeah, to watch for, for some reason also on youtube it's like the the aspect ratio is it's it's a lot smaller because mm-hmm. if you watch it on youtube you notice there's just black bars around the whole video right no i did and i was like eh, fuck you anderson but no it actually <laughs> it actually turned out to be pretty good i'm you know secretly a huge Sega fan. I grew up with Nintendo. Um, personally, I, I got the Nintendo first and then the Super Nintendo, and I didn't get a Genesis until I was oh, 14 or so. I bought it off my cousin for $10. I think I've told that story. And then I bought the Sega CD, trading in some magic cards and stuff, and I never looked back. You know, I always, as a teenager, like it felt like I was upgrading from the Super Nintendo because there were things like blood and guts and adult themes and so on and so forth that could be done on the Sega that they just wouldn't touch with a stick on the Nintendo. So it really did feel like my system. And so I have a lot of nostalgia for it and kind of feel like it gets a a bad rap outside of the Genesis. When people look back, a lot of people look down on the Saturn and the Sega CD and stuff like that. But for me, some of my absolute favorite stuff. So this is really cool to see at least maybe not professionally, but at least some form of homage slash commercial. And I, and I do love the little commercials they do throughout, you know, um, where they're throwing back buzzwords and stuff, blast processing and Nintendo do what, or Sega do what Nintendo don't. And, you know, all that kind of stuff is all real big nostalgia factor for me too. And 
yeah, it was it's really great, Anderson. So I really have to give you props for that. I I enjoyed the show. Now, did you know anything about why it didn't film anymore? Yeah, um, uh, I can't remember the name of the website, but they had a, a an auction where they auctioned off one of their own podcast episodes to where they could talk about whatever they wanted. Hmm. And some guy won it. And he said he wanted to find out what happened. So they got the two creators on there. And they said that everything was lined up. They had the story out, what they wanted to put in season two. They had the money, but I think it was Screw Attack. They wanted them to get the entire thing done within like three months. And that's editing and everything. Yeah. And there was just no way it was going to happen. Yeah. That's corporations for you, killing virtually everything, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, I mean, they did, uh, you know, they came out and they released, uh, they told them, they told the fans what were, what was going to happen in the mm-hmm. second season, how there was going to be uh, a third group who were, you know, they were going to be neutral characters. Yeah. Uh, and the leader of that group was the gypsy that sold him the game in the first episode. Uh, okay. And, um, well, you guys haven't finished it yet, so I won't spoil it, but, yeah. uh, it's out there if you want to see what happens in season two. Oh, cool. Which cool. is nice to have. Yeah, that's yeah. something at least. Yeah, and I I looked up these guys like I said on IMDb. The main character, uh, James Vanderbilt or something like that, uh, he labels his occupation as actor, but he doesn't have any acting credits outside of this show, and this doesn't even show up on IMDb. In fact, the only person that has an IMDb page, I think her name is Amy Wong. She plays Becky. She was in one like very like. C-rate zombie type film or something and <laughs> if, if you do look in the credits of this you will see like the same eight or nine names come up a lot you'll see Chad Williams who like wrote directed did the voice of the big head did the voice of uh, the game genie which game genie plays the role of the ultra bad guy that is controlling NES yeah I thought that did a really good job you know, with his look in it mm-hmm I love NES. Yeah, the the guy that played NES especially, he was like a real smarmy son of a bitch. When you first introduced to him, um, he's wearing the power glove on one hand and he's carrying a game genie in the other hand as though it were some kind of, you know, weapon that he could brandish. Uh, yeah. Silly. And he's always wearing like all black, like ill-fitting clothes. If you've ever seen the movie um, Grandma's Boy, he's kind of that that same character that wears the Matrix jacket that's real nerdy that just like he's just trying too hard to fit in. And I think he's I think he's much cooler than that guy, JP. <laughs> yeah, JP. No, no, man. That guy went on to be an avatar. Come on. Um, oh yeah, <laughs> what's this? We should do that movie for this show. I completely forgot about. Oh that yeah, we're, we're, it's a we're, great movie. We will do Grandma's Boy for sure. Yeah, that is an excellent. Got me through college. <laughs> I've seen it I so fucking that many times. I could do it right now. <laughs> Maybe we'll have you back for that episode, Anderson. We'll see. But I um, would love to. <laughs> God, yeah, I do love that, and it it did spurn the career of like so many people too. I mean, that's like an early Nick Swartzen joint. That's the first time I think that we ever saw. Uh, what's his name? That kind of Jonas Hill. I think that's the first time I saw him in a movie anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he plays yeah. the titty sucker. That was, yeah. yeah, that was before Superbad. Oh, yeah, that was so long ago. Mm-hmm. But anyway, uh, yeah, yeah, great film. And, and this is a great series. Anyone that's listening to this I, that's uh, interested in Sega especially, this is a good series to watch. Uh, 
as per Anderson's, you know, uh, information, I would definitely check it out on the website, which can easily be found if you type in the new adventures of Captain S. I did have a little bit of difficulty just typing in Captain S because it wanted me to send... It wanted to send me to everything that was cap because there's all kinds of things called captain and then something that starts with s captain santiago and captain you know this and that and all this other stuff <laughs> so i was like god damn it but yeah if you type in the new adventures of captain s or if you type in keyword like sega or genesis with it or something you should have no trouble finding it and it's really yeah. good for the most part um it's got some things well, yeah. that aren't great but go ahead Oh, I was gonna say, you know, when I first started watching it, um, it's before I knew it's before I knew that it was based on that Captain N show. Mm-hmm. So I kind of didn't like it, but I, I power through it, and it's it's really campy, you know. Oh, yeah. But it's really good. Just, it, it is. Everyone's having fun doing it. You, you kind of have to sit through it, and then you you start to see the the love that all these people actually genuinely have for each other because they're they're definitely like in all the outtakes, especially you see all like the friendly camaraderie and stuff. I love I love that one chick that uh, she plays the babe or whatever. She's not in very many. Oh, episodes. Becky. Yeah. Oh, is it Becky? Okay, I got him uh, wrong. Now. Oh no, it's not Becky, or maybe it is. I can't remember at this point. <laughs> Red, redheaded chick, uh, Stacy. I think her name is in the show. Stacy is her name. Yeah. And. Um, the, there's an outtake or a blooper where she's talking to the sound guy. Uh, you may or may not already know. And she's like, uh, hey, sound guy, do you know the difference between a sound guy and God? And he's like, no. And she's like, well, God doesn't think he's a sound guy. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, shit. I thought that was really good. And they're <laughs> laughing it up. And a lot, lot of good jokes like that. And just like I said, the camaraderie and everything. And the whole thing is basically filmed in outside locations and then um within the apartment of chad uh well near the uh the end of the series the last two episodes a lot of it is filmed in their high school oh yeah yeah so they get a bunch of extras on that i did see the episode where like everyone was turned into a zombie um and you had to like splash them with water i guess to Okay, yeah, I think that's the ninth episode. Oh, okay, so I I got a little further than I thought. But, um, yeah, that that was a funny credit to see, too, because the main character, I think, I I keep wanting to say it's James Vanderbilt. It's something Vanderhilt, uh, the main character actor, in addition to all the other things that it lists him as doing, he was also the key makeup coordinator. So he was the guy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, that explains a lot, because the quote-unquote zombies just have, like, white painted faces and they make it they try to make it look like it's a lot of guys but in all total it's like the same same 10 people that you keep seeing every time he turns down a corridor you're like wait a minute that's that same black guy with the afro that's that same asian (laughs) kid wearing the same shirt too they didn't even do wardrobe changes or anything like i said it is a shoestring budget but when you get past that it's actually pretty good the heart of it's great the energy of the show is really great it's really pretty damn funny overall uh, if you like sega you'll like this show oh for I mean, sure that's it oh yeah this, this is uh, see i i never really knew the only sega game i knew that he jumped into was altered beast oh, i yeah. never had a sega so well let's let's run it down it was uh, i remember Alter beast and then he runs into like fifa 1995 or something for the mm-hmm. second episode that, that was probably a poor choice for the second episode they probably uh, should have you know done something a little more like you know memorable I, like I was so thinking too. so too. I was thinking like, okay, soccer probably not the yeah. biggest, but then it became like blatantly obvious, like because they 
the main character in that particular episode, he's bad at soccer in real life, and his best uh-huh. friend Lunk is supposed to be really good, and they ask Lunk to, like, kick the ball around, and he goes and kicks the ball around, and they're pretending like Lunk is doing a really good job, but it's obvious that, like, he's not very good at soccer, <laughs> and then, yeah. and then, like, Chad Belmont's character, the character Chad Belmont, rather, he goes out, kicks the ball around, and he does a really shitty job. I think he ends up kicking a cone into a wall uh, instead of the actual ball, and it's kind of obvious that he's acting like he doesn't know how to use a soccer ball, and then when he gets sucked into the game and uh, takes the advice of his friend Lunk, when he gets finally becomes proficient at that and he comes back to the real world he's awesome at soccer and he's like legitimately awesome like it shows a little snippet of him like legitimately handling handling the ball really well so my thought is like they're like what came game can we do next and then that guy the main character is like well i'm really really good at soccer in real life so we could incorporate that or maybe they knew because they're friends and they knew as a group like hey we could get a really cool shot of uh chad doing like some soccer tricks or whatever and that's what they did so i think that's probably why they leaned into it but it would have been it would have been infinitely better if they'd have waited till like episode five to do that episode you know what i mean uh, mm-hmm. I'm, yeah, with, I'm with you i'm with you on that james so yeah but then they went into Gosh, it was, I think the third Street episode. Streets of Rage was, was the third episode, yeah. yeah. Streets of Rage. Which was awesome. And it was some, oh yeah, my favorite so far. Mm-hmm. And then, and then four was the uh, the game where he got the crystal. Yeah, Subterraria. Yeah, you're flying around in that ship. I don't know what the game's called. Yeah, it's called uh, Subterraria. It's a, it's kind of a tough oh, that's, game. That's that one, yeah tough game to play but graphically it really showcases what the uh, genesis could do the main problem with that game is the control scheme anyone listening that's played the game is like oh, i know what you're talking about um it just feels real floaty and weird it takes a little while to get used to once you get used to it it's not so bad but graphically it's a really great game a, a fun little i don't even know how to describe it. it's kind of like a shooter and then he goes into oh, gosh i want to say it was doom but but it couldn't have been doom and then there was one episode where he's it, it was like some this. game where he had to stack boxes yeah you're pushing boxes around yeah. like a strategy game that was terrible that's called the, the episode was good but the the game games. Was... well see the original game came out on the uh the game boy i'm old enough to remember that original Game Boys, everyone thinks, oh, Game Boy comes with Tetris. Well, Game Boy at one point came with a game called Boxel, which is exactly that <laughs> game that you're seeing where you, you're given a certain amount of boxes and there, there's things that are in your way and you have to push them into positions to advance to the next stage. And if you mess up pushing one, you can have to reset the stage. It's basically a puzzle game. Well, they weren't able mm-hmm. to make Boxel for the Genesis because apparently it's a Nintendo-owned title, but they made a game called Shove It. <sighs> yeah, Shove It. That is the <laughs> exact same game where all you do is push fucking boxes around. And then yeah, it looked like Doom on the next one. Uh, it, uh, well, yeah, when he's running through like corridors and he finds the, the floating head. Yeah, yeah. But it, it wasn't Doom that I know of. Uh, maybe it was... Um, Wolfenstein 3D or something. I don't know if either of those titles... I think Doom is probably on the Genesis. I'm not sure. Doom is basically on everything. So it probably is, but it didn't look Well, after like that Doom episode, uh, when it gets into like episode 8, 9, and 10, 
uh, he starts going to just a whole bunch of games. Mm-hmm. Like he just it cuts in between game after game after game. I know. I saw that. Uh, I started to see that rather, and I, it was kind of disheartening because I was kind of liking the single game format that they were doing, where he would go into a single game, kind of beat and do whatever it was needed in that game, and then get out. It was kind of showcasing the different games, and then yeah, it was like, oh, well, he's in Sonic for three seconds, and then even sometimes he was in Nintendo games. I remember seeing him in. Uh, uh, Mega Man, and he was in Punch Out, um, just all kinds of just throwing it into all kinds of weird different stuff. And I was oh, Metal Gear. Yeah, by that point, because um, you know, storyline wise, they say the game genie he's 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 got his hand on the code, and so he's taking over all of video game land. Right. So <clears throat> somehow he's he's jumping into Nintendo games. Right, 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 right. And I do like the subtle joke that they they made in that where like he moves from the original Metal Gear game for the NES and he beats it or whatever that he needs to do to advance and he goes into the next game which is uh, one of the Shinobi games and he's like this is more like it's 16 bit so fast and then like it makes it a point to show you just how slow that game is running but <laughs> you know, like yes we all remember okay uh, but yeah. Just little little subtle things like that all throughout, little subtle jokes and everything throughout the the whole series. R- really, really was made by people or written by someone rather that uh, had a lot of nostalgia and a lot of knowledge for these games. And I was really impressed too with the uh, the main character's Genesis collection. In the first episode, he's shown as having a bunch of Genesis games that are boxed complete. You know, he's got some not super rare shit, but like a lot of good stuff. He's got like Strider and uh, the Sonics and Streets of Rage and a bunch of this stuff, and they're they're all nice in their clamshells. And then when you go to NES's house, he has a bunch of box complete stuff as well. So pretty pretty cool to see that stuff. Even though you know I own a lot of it, obviously, but it, it's neat to see in uh, in any type of show. Anytime I see any retro games in anything, I kind of like perk up a little bit. Like when I was watching Sons of Anarchy and I saw the Sega CD games in the background, I was like, holy shit, holy shit, there's, there's Sega CD. You know, like that's all I cared about. <laughs> you know, so anytime I see video games, even if it is a video game show like this is, you know, based on, it was still cool to see actual product in the show and stuff. And uh, it was evident that, you know, being with the small budget that they had, that someone in there really, really loved the, the Sega Genesis, especially. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I really liked how they had the whole virtual boy thing in there too. How oh, it yeah. sucked onto his face. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> yeah, I, I might be the only one here old enough to remember the virtual. I know James, you're only a few years younger than me, but you would have been what, uh, maybe eleven when the Virtual Boy came out, something like that, eleven or twelve. Something like that. I remember seeing it at Toys R Us, and even at that age, I was like, "This is never going to make it." Yeah, it's I had a, uh, I had a guy I used to work with. He sold me his for two hundred dollars. Jesus came with uh, uh, Wario, some Wario game, and some pinball game. Yeah, Wario is the only game worth owning for the system, in my opinion. Everything there's mm-hmm. only like twelve games for the system. Uh, Wario is okay. It it plays like any other Game Boy Wario game for the most part, except not quite as good. And graphic, you know, graphically you're working with two colors, so that's what you get. And uh, the tennis game, Mario Tennis or whatever it's called, that's not too bad either. I had an opportunity to play that. And some people say Telro Boxer or whatever. Now. Um, the problem with the 
this is well the multiple problems but one of the problems with the system was it looked like something you should be able to strap on your head but the actual virtual boy never came with anything that would strap to your head so people would do everything from lay on their back to try and play it to actual like there's like aftermarket straps you can buy now because they were planning on making the straps but they never came to fruition um People even, I've heard reports of like making duct tape harnesses to wear these stupid things, but God. the damn thing came with a tripod and you would basically have to like put your head on a table to be able to play it. So portable, it wasn't. And yeah, it was, you needed six double A batteries for it. Yeah. That's such trash. Yeah. I remember it came out the, the game store that I uh, frequented got maybe six or seven in. None of them sold. I came in one day and the owner was trying to get me to buy it at, you know, 50 bucks or something. He was just like, hey, man, you know, it's complete. I'll give you these games with it, whatever. And I'm just like, no, nah, I don't want it. I do regret that because I'd like to have it in my collection now. But it, it would literally just be something that sat on the shelf. There is no reason to play the virtual boy it's just it gives you a headache it's just a terrible machine but yeah it was it was cool that they incorporated uh sega or not sega nintendo's biggest failures in the way of <laughs> the virtual boy and the power glove which is also just like this item that does not work at all it's just a big clunky you know piece of shit that cost you 150 bucks back in the day and we're going to be talking a lot more about the power glove in the next episode which uh we're going to be talking about the wizard the basically nes commercial and uh, much like anderson uh we're going to be having a guest on that show as well from discord in the way of cujo he seems super excited i'm super excited i don't know about you james but this was one of my favorite movies when i was a kid <laughs> so um Really excited. The Wiz? Oh, yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Anderson, <laughs> if you haven't watched it yet, you, it's on YouTube for free. You should watch that movie. It's hilariously bad. Uh, it's You're talking about The Wizard, right? Yeah, The Wizard. Wizard, yeah. that's right. Okay, yeah, I've the seen Wiz. it before. Yeah, it's, what am I talking uh, about? The Wiz is Michael Jackson. <laughs> I'm, I'm not speaking, I'm sorry. Of, yeah, Diana Ross and Michael Jackson playing uh, The Wizard of Oz. Also a good film. Yeah. <laughs> really good. But um, well, um, well, I wanted to also mention uh, the two guys who do Captain S, mm-hmm. they have their own podcast um i think it's called the jumpman podcast and thunder dumps because i think thunder dumps is their newer one but i just feel like mentioning them because they're they're really small too huh um would this be the riley brothers or uh no well i think it's william chad and chad yeah okay okay for the chads gotcha gotcha yeah that'd be it'd be cool maybe Maybe contact them and uh, do an interview about the show or something. That might be something. Might be. I don't know. Never know. But, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know that the one, the guy that's uh, that plays NES in the show and the guy that plays Long Car Real Life Brothers. So, uh, yeah, that's about all I have to say about it, unless either one of you have anything else. Um, it's awesome show. Check it out if you like old 90s sitcoms and yeah, stuff basically. like that i guess and old yeah. videos. we didn't even talk about the intro the intro is just like a <laughs> full house same lettering same type of you know yeah in fact in, yeah. at the end of one episode they break into the full house song um, oh gosh <laughs> and they just well i know the uh, the uh, the music for the show is done by this one guy i think his name is glenn glenn chase yeah and he does and, everything yeah and it surprised the hell out of me. The soundtrack to the show is on Spotify. Yeah. 
Now, some and of it blew me away. Some of it is genuinely good, and some like the theme song. I I was like, all right, this isn't too bad. And some of it, I was like, oh my god, just fast forward. I I don't I can't hear this. It was so bad. <laughs> so it it ranged, but um, he he was probably doing it pro bono. So when you get that kind of you know, it's kind of like the theme music for this show, which I hilariously messed up on and put the is it worth it music on the last episode. But uh, you know, I did it myself. It was free. Yeah, it's not the best, but it cost me literal zero dollars and very little effort on my part so that's what you roll with anyway like i said that's about all i got um next episode is going to be the wizard featuring cujo if you want to contact me you can write me on twitter at retro kel that's k-h-e-l you can reach james at james milholland uh, you can reach either of us at retrogamecore.com that's c-o-r-p-s um Let's see, we have a Facebook page called Is It Worth It Podcast. You can definitely check that out. Um, Check out our other podcast called Is It Worth It. It's part of the uh, Retro RPG Show. Uh, We do one a month where we talk about, you know, games in general these days. Used to be we'd talk about expensive games, but now we'll talk about just about anything, tell you whether or not we feel it's worth it for the price it commands on eBay. Uh, From, you know, more or less collector's standpoints, uh, both James and I are collectors of games. Um, yeah, that's about it. Definitely check our friends at the RPG show, our friend Bjorn over at his show, um, everything sci-fi and fantasy, our friends Tara and Lightning, our friend Mike King over at Playing Power, we got too many fucking friends, uh, <laughs> <laughs> shit, I'm forgetting like eight, yeah, that's, that's the show guys, uh, thanks for listening, thank you so much Anderson for coming on and doing this with us. Well, thanks, uh, thanks for having me guys, I loved it. Yeah, yeah I appreciate it, thank you. Great being on. Great meeting you in real life at BitCon. Sorry to any of you people that got the last episode of this show late. Um, I was real busy with all kinds of shit, so maybe you didn't hear the message of me saying, hey, come out to BitCon, but it's it's done and gone. It was awesome. If you weren't there, too bad for you. Uh, yeah, until then, guys, that's all <laughs> I got. Keep it retro. We'll see you next time. See you later, everyone. See y'all. Yeah!